All right, everyone. We are back here at SkyUPod. It is me and my pal Max. You all know Max. Max, how are you doing? Doing pretty well. How are you? Fantastic. I leave for Florida tomorrow. Okay. So Gopher football is back. This is uh, spring ball this week. Um, they have several practices open to the public. Um, and that's interesting this year. I didn't know how many they were going to actually have because of the new offensive coordinators, co-offensive coordinators, I should say. Um, not that you show a whole lot during spring ball, but you know one of the only advantage, uh, advantages of getting a new offensive coordinator is people not really knowing your tendencies or what you're going to do. Um, so that would be interesting, but probably not going to reveal too much anyway. Yeah, it kind of feels like, I mean, they're going to need to install a lot of new stuff themselves. So it's kind of, it'll be interesting to see, you know, I guess early in the season, how much we even show, you know, the first couple of games anyways. I, I feel like I wouldn't even bother trying to, you know, get an idea out of spring ball if I was some other team that it's going to take maybe even three to four weeks before we see the full offense, you know, in effect too. But um, personnel wise, you might be able to see some patterns. Um, it's true. I'm at the look, same I'm look- time. You know, Sorry. I wonder, I feel like PJ is almost too smart where like for open practices, he's just going to have random, you know, personnel groupings just kind of thrown out there sometimes just because he knows like one person is going to be paying attention who has a popular blog somewhere and they're going to be like, wait, why is this guy taking first team wide receiver reps or what is this guy doing at, you know, left tackle? Like, I feel why like is Anik, why is Annex dead in the slot? Yeah. <laughs> why? Why is Chris Ottman Bell punting? Yeah, <laughs> no, that's a good point. But you just brought up a good point about the personnel groups. They do break it down into, uh, you know, he's got like the QB one, RB one spots, and I, you know, I'm assuming Moe's RB one, no doubt. But I am kind of curious into who those guys are that fall into like the RB two spots for now and RB three. And obviously, not everyone's there yet. It is only spring ball, so not all the recruits are there yet. But um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna be look looking forward to see what by the end of the week who's been practicing, especially on defense in the in the first rep in the first team spot, um, linebacker and D line especially. That'll be fun to see. Yeah, there's kind of a lot of questions there, especially on defense, um, and just so many guys even that we haven't even seen play that much. It'll be kind of interesting to see how much of a mix there is, or if it seems like it's a pretty distinguished one and two groupings. I don't think they'll do this, but I, I'm just wondering if they'll move Brandon Oliver. If there's any thought of moving him to like the outside spot, like where Kamal Martin played last year, because usually when he came into the game, he was more in Barber spot. And he's a great, I mean, they used him to blitz a lot. So I think that's kind of his specialty right now. But he just seems so quick out there, especially compared to if it comes down to him and Sorry Martin, you know, I think Oliver just looks so much faster out there. I'd be surprised if they don't give him give them a look this year, unless they're really confident in, you know, maybe a freshman or someone coming in that they think can take that spot. But that'll be something that I'm just really intrigued to see how that linebacker spots are going to play out. I think another linebacker name we haven't really touched on too much. He's gotten pretty good amount of playing time, at least on special teams. I mean, I think he's seen a couple snaps actually on defense, but mostly special teams is Thomas Rush. Yeah, I think he was a sophomore. Yep. I guess he's kind of another guy that we, I don't think we really touched on much. I feel like he could, you know, maybe be a dark horse to take one of those spots as well. Oh, I think he's, he's athletic. I don't know if he got a redshirt year back or I think he's, it's his third year of school this upcoming year. So I'm not sure. Is he like a redshirt sophomore or something? I'm not completely positive on that, but um, I was actually listening to 
Oh, what's Ryan Burns' podcast called? I forget. Go for Gridiron, I think. All right. I was listening to that, and they mentioned, or he mentioned potentially, um, I believe, Thomas Rush getting some reps at potentially uh, where Carter Coughlin just left as like that edge rush guy. That would be interesting. Yeah. Um, because he's got the length for it for sure. Um, I think that might be a good spot where he, where he gets uh, playing time. They're going to rotate a lot of guys in at that spot. I feel like in the early going, just to see who's going to be the guy. Because Boye Mafe, I think, will be the other DN. I think he's like the most like if you had to bet money on one guy to be a starter, I think he is hands down easy money going to be starting on the defensive line. Yeah. I almost feel like both defensive ends that were kind of backups between Boye and Asezi Otamewo. I'm going to butcher that all year. That's right. I will too. (laughs) They're both Richard sophomores, and they both got a lot of playing time last year, even as backups behind Delati Bodair and Coughlin. So, I mean, that kind of says a lot that they're willing to trust those guys to fill in when they can and give those guys a breather. And, you know, they had no problem playing them, and they're actually pretty productive too. Butchers came in raving about Mafe's athleticism and quickness. Andy's actually put on a little bit more weight, but he's still he's still quick. So that's always right. exciting. Um, but you know, PJ came out and he had a press conference. Uh, I want to touch on a couple of things that he said during this. One, we talked about it, I believe, last podcast. It's tough to remember because our this is our first one in like two weeks. But and we were talking about if he would come out and just name a quarterback the starter and none of us said he would come out and name the starter and well we were right um you know he comes out and he says this is what he just said in his press conference uh tanner will start with the qb1 reps but that doesn't mean he's gonna win the starting job it's an open competition through the summer camp until the start of next season which i mean that's kind of what we were expecting but that's more than what i thought he was gonna say or more than i predicted i guess i thought he would at least be splitting the reps between Morgan and annexed it at the start. I didn't think it was the right thing to do, but it's kind of reassuring that he's just going to pretty much, you know, this is Tanner's job to lose basically in the off season. Yeah. And I would agree with that too. I mean, seeing that comment, even I was kind of like, wow, that's, that feels for PJ like more than he would ever say other than, you know, he is the starter flat out. But um, like you said, it's definitely gonna be a competition. And I think he probably realizes too, that Tanner knows that. I think Tanner's even like spoke about it too, that, he knows he needs to get better and has things to improve on. And I mean, he was the backup coming into last year. Basically, I think he knows what that role is like. He knows how quickly he can lose his position too. So I mean, yeah. I don't think by PJ saying anything, he's going to give him any, you know, sense of confidence and he's going to be complacent or anything. Um, but yeah I, yeah, I would agree. It seemed like it was for PJ standards. That was like, that was a lot to say. Yeah. And then at the same time, you know, you're seeing go for Twitter, like, really? He's not going to name Tanner the starter? It's like, I get it, but I think that's just kind of the, one of the things that we've all, most of us have learned now to live with. It's just like, he's he's not going to do it until he has to. He he thinks it's some sort of, like, little yeah. advantage or game just to not reveal anything you don't have to. <clears throat> right. I feel like, personally, it wouldn't really bother me as a fan or, I mean, if, I don't know how the players, they probably are so used to all this crazy stuff anyways. This is probably nothing to them, but I mean, I even wonder what they say, you know, behind closed doors, if there's more of a conversation of, look, this is what I'm going to say to the media, but here's how it actually is. And I just wonder how different those conversations are behind closed doors when you're in the locker room. Yeah. Um, I'm sure the players know what's up. I, I think he would say a similar thing to them, though. I don't think he's going to promise Tanner the job or anything, especially when Annex did won it the last two years before this. Um, 
past season. So, yeah, I think he's handling it the right way. I just think I was just surprised how, like we said, how forward he was about, nope, Tanner's just QB1 this year, which is, it's nice to hear the obvious sometimes from PJ. Yeah, that doesn't without it without it being tucked into some like metaphorical saying. (laughs) (laughs) Right. As long as we keep winning, I might. Who am I to complain? Though. (laughs) I guess at the same time, I mean, if you think back to when he was first hired and kind of how he laid out his plan and his expectations for the team, and even in the first couple years. I mean, I would admit, I didn't think it was obvious that we were going to be able to turn it around this fast and have them oh, no, no. buy it. Um, yeah. But you're right. Uh, Usually there's a lot of... <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, chess pieces down. There might not even be a... Oh? I didn't hear anything. <laughs> That's a... All of a sudden, I just heard you, like, getting all choppy, and it was, like, I don't know, something must be... My cord must not be completely right all right uh did did you wrap up whatever you're saying sorry i i really it was silent on my end and then i would hear you talking random words i did I okay think I finished. okay well that's good uh <laughs> something else i want to bring up that pj said is um you know the transfer portal there's still some players out there uh that haven't committed yet um and he said he is open to players transferring in However, they have to be the right fit and be able to buy into the culture, yada, yada, yada. Well, one guy that entered the transfer portal recently, um, it's getting a lot of attention, is North Dakota State's uh, Jabril Cox. Uh, He was an All-American linebacker for the North Dakota State at the FCS level. Um, He's going to be a senior, so he's going to be a one-and-done guy. Uh, He's 6'3", 230 pounds. he finished his junior season just this past year with 92 tackles, nine and a half tackles for loss, five and a half sacks, and six pass breakups, and five quarterback rushes on top of that. Or hurries, I should say. Um, so, the speculation has started. Will he be a gopher next year? Um, I'll, let you, I'll let you chime in on that. What do you think? Um, I guess, I don't know. At first, and even at first, too, when I first saw those headlines coming out, my first thought was, the Gophers are going to swoop in and get him. But then the more I thought about it and kind of read about it, and I mean, obviously he's talented and everything, uh, but kind of like you said, PJ is looking for the right fit. I just don't know. I mean, obviously I know nothing about the guy. I can't really speak to who he is as a person. It's but great. I feel, like a pale, <laughs> I feel like a player of his caliber who's getting offers now from basically everywhere. You know, I just, I he's really going to have to want to come here, if that makes sense. Like the Gophers have to be a, without a doubt, like first and only choice basically for PJ to even take a chance on him. I don't think he's going to, you know, really try to swoon him to come to the Gophers. I think he's going to, you know, obviously make an effort, but I I feel like at the first sign of there's some sort of recruiting competition, you know, I don't think PJ, obviously we'd love to have his talent on the team, but I just think from, you know, the way PJ kind of handles his team, he wants his guys. And if you don't want to be a Gopher, then sorry, we're not gonna, you know, screw you, man. <laughs> but obviously, from um, a player talent perspective, it would be really nice to have a, you know, super athletic, talented outside linebacker coming in and oh, being able to kind of take a half or full year off of some of our younger guys. Yeah, that's where I I think. So I guess I kind of agree and kind of disagree at the same time. I think I think PJ would 
well. I don't know this, but I think PJ would love to have him because just looking at his, you know, his build, he's 6'3", 230. And with the sacks he had and the hurries he had and the tackles for loss, I mean, this is a guy that you can plug in as that edge rusher for, for Carter Coughlin. Um, cause I'm, and I don't know this, he appears to be more talented than, uh, than, than Thomas Rush would be or someone else. Um, if you were to get this guy in or even, so he's a contender for the Coughlin spot, I would feel. And, um, sorry, Marin's outside linebacker spot. He could fit in very well at either spots as he's got the, the, uh, several passes defended. How many did I say? Six pass breakups. So, you know, that's pretty good for a linebacker. I don't know how many, I guess I don't know how many the average is for a linebacker, but, um, so I think PJ would love to have him. This seems typical, not typical, but, um, like a good fit, just moving right over in the Midwest, you know? Um, but you also alluded to something that I think is going to be tough is like, everybody wants him now. So he really gets his pick of where to go. Um, like uh, the article I read said, like the day he entered the transfer transfer portal, uh, Coach O followed him on Twitter. So you're definitely going to have to compete for him. But I think he'd be a great fit and uh, potentially be a like you said, like a spot starter for the year. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, on the field, I mean, what, <laughs> I don't think many teams would be saying, yeah, nah, we don't need him. Like he's got a you know, they're already talking NFL talent. Probably, I mean, I've seen second, third round talent. There's already been trying to project. Obviously, anything can change. But if he's already in that conversation coming into his senior season, you know, you know, <laughs> they don't just make that up. Not everyone can be that good. I mean, look at how yep. good our team was last year. We have, what, three, four potential NFL guys. That's like NFL talent isn't just, you know, on every roster. And especially on a team where you're winning national championships every year. Granted, it's at the F, uh, the FCS level, but I mean, if you're doing it that consistently, that's still probably better than some FBS teams. Right. And I think, but I think a couple of those things, a couple of those points are, are things PJ could use to try and get him here. Um, one, we have very little experience at either spot that he would be plugged in here, either as the edge rusher or the outside linebacker spot. And two, at, at, and you know, I'm I don't know this for a fact, but I'm just guessing that we don't have as talented of recruits coming in as LSU. Just just a guess. What? Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> so, you know, if he got he's really got one last year, I'm guessing, and you just brought up his NFL aspirations, he's gonna want to try and be a starter. He wants to play for a big time program. We check those boxes potentially for him. Um yeah, I think I think it'd be a great fit. And I'd I'd love to talk to him about it. Why he should come here? <laughs> uh, no. Um. But if I were to guess, if we had to guess right now, just based on all the teams after him currently, I I don't think will he'll come here. If I had to put money on it, just because of all the options out there. Uh, like someone in the article I read, he's he's from the Kansas City area, so Kansas State right there, and the former North Dakota State coach is at Kansas State, so I know that's. That's a popular guess as to where it'll go, but um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. PJ works his magic, so who knows? It's, if he's really just wanting to kind of like have his last hurrah in college football and just play for a big program and try to play for a national championship, that could be his goal. If he wants to be somewhere where he's comfortable and he can, you know, be the star on a team, yeah. that would make sense too. So it's really hard to even tell like 
just based on what his goals are, what he wants to do. He could really, I mean, he could go anywhere. Question for you. If you're, if you're Jabril Cox, you know, do you wear your three FCS national championship rings to practice every day? (laughs) Uh, you know, why not? (laughs) (laughs) You're probably not going to make too many pals on the team. Yeah. (laughs) That's what you want to do. It is extremely cool. I'm not ripping on that. For any North Dakota listeners we have, I just I was just making a joke. I don't think that's what you do, especially when you're trying to get acquainted with a new team. Um, but yeah, no, not really. I mean, that. honestly, that's that true. would be hilarious to watch play out a guy come in from NDSU. I mean, obviously, I, there's always kind of been that. I it's almost like a cold war of a rivalry because we never play. Nothing ever happens, but Bison fans and Gopher fans just hate each other for the proximity, but being in a different league. The success of the the bison but also not being at the same level as us yeah <laughs> it would be really that would be hilarious to see though if yeah. a guy like that talked crap all practice and all spring and it was just like what the hell is this guy doing <laughs> like <laughs> oh. oh man yeah so that'll be something to watch for um i'm sure i'll make his decision within the next couple of weeks but um yeah we'll see all right one other main topic here to talk about um Gopher Illustrated on 247 Sports. Um, they had all the Big Ten writers get together. I think it was all of them. I think it's what it said. And they predicted um, each team's amount of Big Ten wins. So just wins you'll get in conference. Um, and I got to say, I'm not too upset, but I don't think they give us a lot of respect as far as uh, going forward. In fact, maybe even a step back. They have us. They gave the Gophers six total Big Ten project, projected wins, um, which is far less than the not far less. But I had them winning eight with a loss to Michigan State. But that was before the coaching turnover. For the record, I have us going twelve and zero now until 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 being shown to believe um, elsewise. <laughs> uh, so the games that they put they put so they have these things that they put in there called swing games. You know, games that could go kind of either way um so right off the bat they say our toughest battle is at wisconsin so they're basically admitting that's one we're gonna lose disagree but they put swing games as michigan i agree iowa i gotta agree because they beat us five straight times even though we're gonna smoke them this year and nebraska (laughs) like i get it but how many wins do they even have for nebraska on here they have five no way who's well Oh, they're not winning five. This they well maybe. I mean, they do have the Heisman quarterback on their. Yeah, team. what a joke. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't. I just. I think. I think if we don't get se- if we get seven, I think we have seven for sure. Don't not for sure. I shouldn't say, but I think we win one of the two between Michigan and Iowa for sure. And then even if you count yeah. Wisconsin as a loss, I mean. I, I would think we would be the heavy favorite in those others, unless you're saying it's inevitable we'll drop one, like maybe, but I don't know. I don't see more than two losses for us in the Big Ten this season. You know, re- not counting injuries that could happen, which, I mean, they're not really taking that into account here. So I, I, I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, if we if we could lose to an Iowa or a Wisconsin or a Michigan, any one of those teams, you know, you could obviously see it happening, but. I'm sure I that's see it happening to all three. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sure that's what they're predicting. I don't think they'll have us losing to Nebraska. Maybe they maybe they do. Maybe they flipped us like, yeah, they'll beat Iowa, but lose to Nebraska. I don't know. But 
I just don't too. get. And they have Wisconsin winning eight games. In that's what I was going to get to next. Are you like? Uh, it's possible, but we went through that stretch a couple podcasts ago from the Notre Dame, Michigan, and us in three weeks. Boy, I mean, yeah. they, and it's not. It's not like late in the year really either it's kind of early to middle so i mean they better be rolling that offense at times has been slow to start up and after losing the weapons that they're losing that that's a lot of wins you're giving them off the bat yeah they do also have a nice little stretch where it's maryland illinois northwestern purdue nebraska so i guess kind of leading into iowa they get a nice cushion okay after us in Notre yeah. Dame, michigan that's fair but they and they'll roll in those no doubt but Look at the disrespect. The Illinois Fighting Illini projected win total in the Big Ten play? Two. Two. I just think that is awful. I don't I don't see I'm trying to see who they I gotta pull up Illinois schedule here. But I guess the other notable one too, they have Michigan winning six Big Ten games as well, which is interesting. It'd be higher. I don't know if it'd be higher, just I mean if they have us and Michigan at six, but then Wisconsin at eight, I just feel like that's a Oh, they have Wisconsin. Like I feel like they have us all closer. Yeah, I think that means they have Wisconsin beating Michigan, which, I mean, after the beatdown, I don't really blame them. Um, right. Okay, for some reason, Google doesn't like Illinois football. Uh, but two just seems low. It's kind of a nice schedule here. Yeah. I But, I mean, you're going to chalk up. In their mind, I can tell with how they put this out. They have us losing to Michigan. They have Michigan beating us. And then they have Michigan losing to Wisconsin, Penn State. And Ohio State. Yeah. That's what these writers wrote. PJ should throw this up on the whiteboard, just circle it and spell disrespect underneath it. <laughs> Office reference for people that uh don't watch. Illinois with two, they're this young team. They got their quarterback back. I'm just surprised that they won't at least show them taking a step forward. Like or or at least stay the same. Two wins in Big Ten play, that's giving you seven losses. Yeah, I mean they're what are they chalking it up to Rutgers and Northwestern? They they must be. I don't yeah. know. I mean, Indiana's I don't. Indiana's winnable. Yeah, Indiana's winnable. Nebraska. Nebraska. I I think that Nebraska game is very winnable. But I, I, every year Nebraska gets this. But we're already seeing it. We're not even too. I mean, we're we're kind. I don't know. This is like the dead zone. It's not really preseason. It's kind of postseason. I guess it's kind of like the start of preseason. But. You're already seeing it. Nebraska's already getting rolled out there for them. Yeah, they have a tough stretch, but they'll get Illinois. They'll get. They just get these automatics that even the Gophers still don't get. Apparently, <laughs> I just I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, I think it just takes a decade of dominance, and they're just forgiven of it. They not see the forties and fifties. <laughs> <laughs> what I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, they gave Iowa four. Wow. That's tough. I can't say I, I don't. Well, they do have road games versus us, Ohio State, Penn State, and then home games against, again, they put Nebraska in. Here's a tough game. Iowa will, well, I don't want to say that. Iowa lost a lot of people. But if I had to put money on it right now, I would have Iowa over Nebraska at the start of next year. Just as for who I'm going to think is a better team. Yeah. Uh, Michigan State? Wait, they're only giving them three? Yeah. Wow. You serious? They have they have Ohio State undefeated. <laughs> uh, that's fair. <laughs> this is a little off topic, I guess. Just looking at Michigan State's schedule, they play Miami this year. 
at Fleet Fest. Michigan State. Ooh, kind of a different one. Um, and in yet they're, September. they're kind of in similar spots. Yeah, <laughs> Miami <laughs> program wise, weird. Yeah, they uh they brought in another quarterback. Did you see that in the transfer? They got Houston's. Yes, I did see that. That is, how many quarterbacks do you want? They got Tate Martell last year. Yeah, I know it's well, that. It felt like yeah, it almost felt like Martell wasn't even gonna be like a quarterback. He's just like oh. they can get the speedy guy on the field. And I'm not trying to rip on Martell per se, but I watched that bowl game and he looked lost when he was playing quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> he just, it looked like he was like maybe looking at one guy and then just like taking off, trying to like sprint around. Like, like he thought he was playing high school football still, but yeah, I'm just so excited to get through. I'm just happy that spring ball is starting up for the Gophers so we can just get to this, this season. Once the depth chart starts taking place and once, I mean, just once Ryan Burns knows more, and we can start speculating more on like who's going to be starting and stuff. I just, ah, I'm ready. I'm ready. It's, yeah. only, it's only March, I guess, but we are in the depths of speculation. We are, and we'll have more coming. Um, it will be two weeks away, but uh, well, I mean, you guys can record one while I'm on vacation. I don't care. I think people are definitely sick. won't. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It was a day ago or so that we had everyone on board for tonight's episode, and look where we are now. <laughs> that's okay. Um, one question I want to point towards you. Off the top of your head right now, you can pluck any one player from any other team in the nation. Who are you going with? Any player or any quarterback? Any player. That's, that is tough. Let's, what position would you, would you think that you're going to grab? Um... I mean, I'd probably want a quarterback anyways. I just feel like, you know, obviously it's the most impactful. You would still replace Tanner Morgan if you could pick any spot? Oh, I see what you... Okay, I'm sorry. I misunderstood the question. I thought you meant, like, in general. I didn't know we were talking about our actual team. Okay. Um, That's tough. I mean, if we could find just, like, some stud, like, defensive end slash outside linebacker type, just, like, a freak athlete. He can rush the passer anytime you want him to. He can also play pass coverage. No one's really coming to my mind, like name wise, right now. I yeah. probably have to look into it. But I feel like if we can just get, like, obviously there's no other, like, Chase Young, but a player on defense that can just kind of take over at least that's, on, like, third downs or on see, passing downs. That's, that's, I'm, I'm taking, uh, so actually the Buckeyes lost the D tackle that I thought was back. But I'm taking the guy that rotated in for him because he's young and supposed to be a stud, the Haskell Garrett guy. Because um, D tackles are just so hard to find. I would, if I could just pick one spot to just automatically just take like probably an All American or someone that's just supposed to be a stud. I, that that's who I'm taking. I'm not giving anyone up. But yeah, thing else from Go for Nation Maxwell. Um. Oh, you know what? I just thought of a player that would be perfect. Yeah. He's actually really not an outside linebacker type, but um, the DN from Oregon, the freshman, uh, Thibodeau. Oh, yeah. Yep. If we that's... could get a player, you know, just like that, <laughs> that's yep. a nice base. Wasn't he, wasn't he like, did he make first team Pac-12 this year? Uh, probably. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if he did. He was really noticeable in that Rose Bowl. Yes. All right, well, let's Easy. we'll take them both, uh, and we'll get that linebacker transfer from NDSU, and I think we got a national championship on our hands. <laughs> I would agree. All right, 
All right, SkyUPod Nation. That's all we got today. We have more videos coming up in the future. We'll be full strength hopefully next time. Um, thank you for listening. Check out our other episodes and check us out on Twitter. We're always looking to taco for football. It is at SkyUPod1. Um, and just enjoy life, man. Just have a great day. Peace out.